0: I'm your host, Glenn Warren, and welcome to a special bonus Christmas episode of Season's Eatings.
1: above they- for Christmas. a special star shining for Christmas
0: first I want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. This has been an amazing journey for me. I love Christmas food and I can't believe how many other people out there love to hear me talk about Christmas food. So thank you all so much for listening and subscribing to the Season's Eatings Podcast. I'm going to change it up just a little bit for this Christmas episode. Of course, I'll talk about some food and the history of the food, but I'm going to throw in a few tunes as well, because it's that time of year when you're with friends and family, and you just want to have a relaxing good time. I'm a child of the 70s and 80s, so I want to look back on some of the foods that I enjoyed in the 70s growing up, especially during Christmas. The first is Watergate Salad. So this pistachio-flavored salad is a shiny example of how to turn a political scandal into a delicious dessert. Salad is a bit of a loose term here because the ingredients are pudding, canned pineapple, whipped cream, pecans, and marshmallows. So like so many other 70s creations, this one relied on instant pudding. Kraft Corporate Affairs says, We developed the recipe for pistachio pineapple delight. It was 1975, the same year that pistachio pudding mix came out. Kraft, however, didn't refer to it as Watergate salad until consumers started requesting the recipe for it under that name. According to the Kraft Kitchens, when the recipe for Pistachio Pineapple Delight was sent out, an unnamed Chicago food editor renamed it Watergate Salad to promote interest in the recipe when she printed it in her column. The company didn't attach the Watergate name to the dessert until 1993. Despite this, the Watergate Salad name stuck. Rumors spread that the salad was the speciality of Watergate's hotel's restaurant, but there's no evidence that it ever was served there. The pastry shop in the Watergate complex has not served such a dish either, though it's been said they made something similar as a special request. The Watergate salad's roots can be seen in any number of fruit and fluff desserts that came from the instant gelatin boom. One precursor is a whipped cream and pineapple dish whose recipe was published in a newspaper in Kansas in 1913. There's also a similarity between Watergate salad and Ambrosia salad, which is still found in many markets. The recipe for Watergate salad is very mid-century. Jet puff marshmallows, the Jell-O pudding, Cool Whip, conveniently all of these brands are now owned by Kraft, And even the groovy green shading, they all scream retro chic. It's a throwback to a time when powders and whips had the tinge of science and sophistication. I remember this salad fondly, especially the uh, Kraft pistachio pudding mix. I loved getting a green-tinged pudding in my dessert, especially with the little pistachio bits stuck in between. And of course, what kid doesn't like jello pudding? (music) Thank <music> you. And now on to the main meal. Cooking your own food right into the middle of the table was all the rage in the 70s. And while cheese fondue was a big part of it, options extended into cooking beef in a pot of oil or other ingredients in a pot of broth, what we'd now call a hot pot. While these cooking methods are still around today and existed well before the 1970s, you were definitely fielding more invites to fondue parties back then than you are today. The earliest known recipe for the modern form of cheese fondue comes from a 1699 book published in Zurich, Switzerland, under the name Kast mit Wein der to cook cheese with wine. It calls for grated or cut-up cheese to be melted with wine and for bread to be dipped in it. The first known recipe for modern cheese fondue under that name was published in 1875. And was already presented as a Swiss national dish. Fondue was popularized as a Swiss national dish by the Swiss cheese union in the 1930s as a way of increasing cheese consumption. The Swiss cheese union also created pseudo-regional recipes as part of the spiritual defense of Switzerland. After World War II, rationing ended and the Swiss cheese union continued its marketing campaign, sending fondue sets to military regiments and event organizers across Switzerland. Fondue is now a symbol of Swiss unity. Even today, Swiss consider the fondue a winter meal, a one-pot meal for comfort food to be enjoyed family style. It's generally just the tourists that consume fondue in the summer months, Fondue is traditionally made and served in an earthenware pot known as a caquelon. This wide, shallow pot is favored because it heats evenly and retains heat so the meal can be enjoyed for a longer period of time. Diners skewer cube chunks of bread, each about a one inch square, into the bubbling cheese and swirl for a few seconds to coat the bread and allow it to soak up some of the cheese though at the same time being careful not to soak things too long as to disintegrate the bread. Losing your bread in the pot is bad form, and the Swiss will half-jokingly assign a penalty to it, like washing the dishes. Rather than mopping up the last bit of melted cheese from the bottom of the pot, let the flame continue to cook the cheese on the bottom of the pot so a dark crust forms. This crust is called the religieuse and when chipped away from the pan and served up at the end of the meal, it's considered a delicacy. Cheese fondue consists of a blend of cheeses, wine, and seasoning, although there are many variations such as using beer rather than wine. Traditionally, the caquelon is rubbed with a cut garlic clove, white wine is added and heated with cornstarch, And then grated cheese is added and gently stirred until melted. Although in practice all the ingredients can be combined and heated together in once. Some Kirsch is often added. Fondue is very easy to prepare, even in large quantities. The cornstarch stabilizes and thickens the mixture. Additional wine may be added if the fondue is too thick. Its acid and ethanol decrease the fondue's viscosity. A fondue can actually curdle if the protein separates from the fat, which is usually the result of not enough liquid in the mixture, and an insufficiently acid mixture. So lemon juice is sometimes added. I remember having many fondue parties when I was a kid, and of course dipping the the bread into the cheese and biting into it, burning the roof of my mouth, and breathing like a dragon trying to cool the bread down fast enough so I could eat it. it's back to dessert. This German-born dessert is an exercise in seeing how many ways you can infuse one cake with cherry flavor. It's composed of layers of chocolate cake that have been thoroughly soaked with kirsch and topped with maraschino cherries. While some versions even have sour cherries stuffed between the layers. Though it was first invented in 1915, its popularity soared stateside in the 1970s. The Black Forest Gâteau is probably Germany's most famous contribution to the cake world. And if you've ever tasted this multi-layered dessert, then no doubt you will herald it an iconic classic. We had to make these cakes when I took my uh, baking certificate course. It was a skill trying to cut the chocolate sponge in half horizontally so you wouldn't have one thicker side than another. And then we used a uh, cherry pie filling for the filling inside the cake instead of sour cherries. Typically, Black Forest Gâteau consists of several layers of chocolate cake with cherry and kirsch filling, with lashings of whipped cream between each layer. The cake is then decorated with piped whipped cream, maraschino cherries, and chocolate shavings. As a rather indulgent continental treat for both the eyes and the taste buds, It proved to be a taste sensation in the UK and its popularity saw it become a ubiquitous staple of restaurant dessert menus and dinner parties in the 1970s and 80s. A common misconception is that the Gâteau takes its name from the region of its origin, the Black Forest or Schwarzwald mountain range in southwest Germany. Whereas the Black Forest Gâteau actually takes its name from a distinctive and fiery Kirsch alcohol, made from the Black Forest cherries, known as Svortzwalde, Kirsch, or Kirschwasser, cherry firewater. This iconic cake now enjoys a protected status, which means that without the inclusion of the speciality Kirsch, a cake cannot be classified as Black Forest Gâteau, which brings us to the matter of the cake's history. The Kirschwasser that the modern cake takes its name from originally came from the land around the central Swiss lakes, with the recipe and tradition spreading northwards to the Rhine Valley and beyond. During the mid-1800s, the liquor started to be widely manufactured in the Black Forest region. It was during this period that the ancestors to the cake we know and love today began to emerge. Kirschtort first appeared near Zug in Switzerland, where Kirsch was distilled from the famous Züger sour cherries. This cake did not incorporate the whipped cream, although as a perfect accompaniment to the sour cherries and cake, its pairing was just a matter of time. Josef Keller is believed to be the inventor of the Black Forest cherry cake we know today. Keller was the pastry chef in kaff Arend, known today as Agner in Bad Godsberg. In the year 1915, he created for the first time what he called a Schwarzwalder Kirsch, or Black Forest Cherry. After his time in the military, Josef Keller established his own café. August Schaefer learned to trade as the apprentice to Josef Keller from 1924 to 1927. After many years of collaboration, Josef Keller gave August Schaefer his recipe book, which contained the original recipe. His son, Klaus Schaefer, inherited the recipe book and the original recipe, and thus has been able to carry on making the Josef Keller's original. And while the combined gateau now is over a hundred years old, it's unlikely to go out of fashion any time soon. On the contrary, more people are now eating it than ever before. Thank you all for listening to this serving of Seasons Eatings. Again, I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and a safe and prosperous new year.